This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. All of us uh, have work to do on race, and I don't think it's inappropriate for us to talk about what we need to do to get and keep uh, guns out of the hands of people who would commit such a tragedy. I think that, you know, the challenge for us is that if the only thing that can come out of this is that next week when Congress reconvenes, that we engage in yet another moment of silence, I think that that would be really unfortunate. Congressman Donna Edwards, you heard there. I'm Leslie Marshall. Happy Hump Day. We're going to be talking with Dan Gross, president of the Brady Campaign and Center to Prevent Gun Violence. And he's one of the foremost leaders in the gun violence prevention movement. Now, the mission of the Brady Organization is to create a safer America of all of us that will lead to a dramatic reduction in the deaths by guns, in the injuries by guns. Their goal is to cut gun deaths in the United States in half by 2025. And uh, we definitely want you to weigh in uh, on this conversation and uh, pick up the phone and join us. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And uh, we'll take your call and tweet us. Follow us on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Dan Gross is our guest. Dan, thank you for joining us. Good to have you on the program once again, sir. And uh, thank you uh, for being with us this afternoon. Good, Good to be here. Uh, Dan, uh, the Brady campaign has launched the hashtag I am Charleston, and this is a petition, but specifically a petition to our congressional members, our elected uh, officials. Um, and uh, this is a demand to those that we are the bosses of via our tax dollars and our votes as the constituency uh, demanding a vote now. Uh, talk to us about this hashtag. Talk to us about this petition and talk to us about this demand. Yeah, we actually launched the hashtag in the wake of this uh, terrible tragedy. I'm actually down in Charleston right now because um, I just delivered more than 10,000 messages from our supporters across the country to the Mother Emanuel Church. Um, And it really started as an organic outpouring of support um, and love for this uh, amazing church and this amazing community. Um, And what we started to see was more and more um, people expressing their outrage in terms of the fact that uh, a convicted felon, a domestic abuser, uh, somebody dangerously mentally ill can walk into a gun show or go online in this state and so many others across the country and buy, uh, buy guns without a background check and no questions asked. So um, now that I've delivered these messages of support, um, it, it's, uh, it's become a petition to the people who really can make a difference, which is uh, our, uh, our United States Congress. And it's a demand for a vote because we're confident that our Congress people know what the right thing to do on this issue is, know uh, in their hearts that by expanding background checks, it has nothing to do with taking away anybody's Second Amendment right to bear arms, only keeping guns out of, out of dangerous hands. And we know that if there were a vote on it, um, there would be no place left for people to hide behind process and in you know uh, back rooms 
and that it would pass. So that's why our demand now isn't uh, for a plan. Um, it's not for more discussion. It is for a vote on expanding these life-saving Brady background checks to all gun sales. I love that. I really do, Dan, because even though I'm a talker, words alone don't do anything. Action does, and that's what you're saying. Enough. Enough of the chat and all this. We're, you know, we have a petition, but we're making demands now. We want action. We want and demand a vote now. I want to talk about a few things, one of which is the tremendous outpouring of support, which you just spoke of, of more than 10,000 messages of love and support uh, for the community of Mother Emmanuel and of Charleston. And, and we must point out how merciful, forgiving, kind, and I believe true examples of, of Christianity these people are. Um, Amazing. You know what? There is, regardless of ideology, still an outrage in our nation at the ease with which somebody in the United States can purchase a gun. Uh, at gun shows with no background checks in most states and that it's not just south carolina this is most states that a felon a fugitive or domestic abuser as you mentioned can walk into that gun show or go online and buy a gun without the brady background check um and this this is obviously not going to stop crazy people from killing people but if we save one life it's worth it we're going to get dan's comments on that and more coming back after this Dan Gross, president of the Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence. Pick up the phone to join us, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And follow them on Twitter, Dan at Dan underscore at underscore Brady, and the Brady at Brady Buzz. I'm Leslie Marshall. Check out BradyCampaign.org. Back right after this. And we're back on Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. And we are talking about guns with Dan Gross, president of the Brady Campaign and Center to Prevent Gun Violence. It's not really guns, Dan, is it, as much as the ease with which we have access to so many and so many people, some bad guys, some people that may have a mental illness that aren't necessarily bad but should not be having guns. Dan, uh, what do you say? Well, first of all, it's not just South Carolina. Right. It's most states that a felon, a fugitive or domestic abuser can walk into a gun show or go online and buy a gun without the Brady background check, um, you know, unless they're at a licensed dealer. Correct. Correct. So that yeah. pe- people understand, um, most people believe that somebody who's been convicted of a crime can't buy a gun, whether it's domestic abuse or anything else. And it could be a violent crime for which they're on parole. Um, so could you explain to folks how that is possible and legal to be a felon or domestic abuser and be able to have or a fugitive and be able to purchase a gun? Well, it's it, it's not legal. You know, you'll hear the gun lobby say a lot that this is a question of enforcing the laws that already exist. And to some extent, that's true. Um, you know, a convicted felon, a domestic abuser, somebody who's been adjudicated mentally ill, a fugitive, it is illegal for them to buy a gun. Uh, the problem is, how in most states in this country we make it simple for them to skirt the law and buy guns without background checks. And the two primary ways in which that happens are at gun shows, where you have, under the guise of private sales, hundreds if not thousands of guns every day sold in our country to Lord knows who. Um, And then on the Internet, where you have websites like armslist.com, that has about 70,000 guns for sale, many without background checks, many that actually advertise no background check required as if it's a product feature. It's kind of a system where you had, like, as if in the airport, you had two lines that you could go through, um, one that has a metal detector that would detect uh, if you intended to do something dangerous and had, uh, had, 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 had weapons on you, and one that doesn't. 
and you're allowed to self-select which one you go through. And, you know, if you're somebody who's intent on doing harm on that airplane, which line are you going to go through? And that's what's happening every day in our country. You know, and this isn't a debate among rational Americans. You know, 90% of the American public supports expanding Brady background checks to all gun sales. The gun lobby wants you to believe that it's a debate, but it isn't. You know, if you look at the polling, uh, background checks in the United States are actually more popular than baseball and kittens. Um, There really is no argument because, you know, when you frame it just as you did, and I was so glad you corrected yourself before because I was going to let you slide, but I was doing it in my mind when you said, you know, this is a, you know, I'm here for the gun conversation. I'm not here for the gun conversation. I'm here to talk about what we all agree, which is how we can keep guns out of the wrong hands and as a result prevent uh, thousands of gun deaths in our country every year. You know, uh, no, absolutely. But what do you say? And you know, there are always uh, the naysayers or the critics, and it's not necessarily, but is somebody who's so like pro gun or against gun control. But what about people that say, you know, this gun violence and these massacres are multifaceted, you know, a multifaceted problem, and that the gun control issue is just one element, um, you know, of that? What do you say to them? Because there are people that say, well, you know, uh, he may have been able to, uh, you know, get a gun because, you know, maybe he doesn't have a mental illness, you know, or, you know, maybe he right. would have been able to uh, get this gun. And at first, even though it was wrongly reported, at first it was erroneously reported that his father had given him the gun. And, of course, there are those situations where lawful gun owners um, allow kids to have access to their guns or their kids uh, steal their guns, as we have seen with Columbine, Newtown, that type of thing. Yeah, first of all. I readily accept the idea that these are these mass shootings are multifaceted, and that um, there are um, you know a number of opportunities, a number of aspects of them that we need to look at in order to uh, in order to prevent them. Um, the most important one, from our perspective, is what we can do to keep the guns out of the hands of the shooter. Um, the reality is that we're never going to prevent every act of gun violence. We're never going to uh, eliminate all evil from the world, but there is so much more that we can do to keep guns out of its hands. Um, and then when you talk about um, the, the, the kids getting guns in the home, um, that's another very important part of this conversation that actually uh, doesn't even have the most to do with mass shootings. Yeah, it's true that um, in 67% of school shootings, the attacker uh, gets the gun from their home or the home of a relative. Um, so parents are, uh, even as it turns out, typically the first line of defense in preventing school shootings. But every day across our country, nine kids are shot unintentionally. Every year, hundreds take their own lives, almost always with a parent's gun. The problem is that you know parents don't bring guns into their home thinking that something like this is going to happen, certainly not wanting something like this to happen. They bring guns into their home um, and leave them accessible to their kids with a misperception around the risk that they're taking. And, you know, it's the stuff that the gun lobby has been feeding them for years. So I don't blame a father who genuinely brings a gun into his home 
because he thinks he's making his family safer. Um, we just need to correct those misperceptions. And if we can, and we can encourage safer storage, um, and we can act, encourage people acting more rationally and uh, as it relates to the risks of kids having access to guns, that's another way we can save thousands of lives every year. A few things. Um, with a background check, how does one prevent guns from getting into the hands of someone who is mental ill or is mentally ill or is only with a history of mental illness and only with certain types of or certain levels of mental illness? I say that because there's a difference between, uh, you know, somebody who is, uh, you know, manic depressive and then somebody who has violent tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a um, there's a database of people who have been adjudicated mentally ill. So that's actually the threshold that you have to have been um, judged to be mentally men- mentally ill. Um, it does. It misses um, a lot a, a lot of people. Um, it also has the potential to um, catch a lot of people. Um, and you know that's why in states where we've expanded background checks to all gun sales, you see 46 percent. Uh, fewer women killed by intimate partners, 48% fewer law enforcement officers killed, but also 48% fewer suicides, um, which probably speaks to the uh, mental illness aspect of it. Um, there, are, there are certainly things that we can do in a conversation that's worth having in terms of how we define mental illness, what the risk factors are, um, but that conversation should not be, that's kind of like going back to that airport metaphor yep. to, uh, doing everything that we can to strengthen that one metal detector that about 60% of the people go through while 40% of the people still don't go through a metal detector at all. And as you know, whenever something like this happens, the NRA will say, see, everybody or somebody had a gun in that church in South Carolina, uh, you know, he wouldn't have killed. And, and that's not true. He could have killed that many uh, you know, in seconds, especially anybody can with access to semi-automatic weapons. Could you speak to that and to the NRA and those who come out and say, see, yeah. everybody needs to be armed, and then, you know, they could have shot him dead and nobody else would have been victimized? Yeah, this isn't the conversation that the American public wants to have. Um, we all know that we're better than a country where the only answer is, uh, the only answer to violence is more violence, and the only answer to guns is more guns. Every bit of evidence shows that having uh, guns in those situations only increases the risk that innocent people are going to get hurt. But I don't even want to get into that debate because the only reason the gun lobby says that is to hide the truth as it relates to the things that we can do to keep guns out of dangerous hands and a real discussion in terms of the risk of unsafe access to guns, especially among kids. Because their goal is just to sell more guns. And our goal is to tell the truth in order to make this a safer nation. So I choose not to participate in that debate. Um, you know, I could very easily show you how, how wrong that is. And personally, as somebody who um, lost a dear friend and whose brother was shot in the head in a mass shooting on the observation deck of the uh, Empire State Building, I find it personally insulting. Um, but, you know, that would be playing their game of distracting from the very real opportunity that we have to save lives that has nothing to do with the Second Amendment just by keeping guns out of the wrong hands. I agree with you 100 uh, percent. Mark uh, Grimaldi is my executive producer. Um, he and I and our uh, assistant producer, Andrew Tomedy, feel very strongly about this. I'm, I'm, I'm very I don't want to take anybody's second amendment right away, but I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was saying to my husband this morning, I wish the United States were more like the U.K., 
uh, with regard to guns. Uh, I don't like them. I don't uh, feel comfortable knowing so many people around me and my children have them. Uh, Mark also uh, recently, um, you know, months ago, uh, had a little girl. And I think when uh, many of us, and you don't have to be, become parents, uh, we maybe even have a heightened awareness and sensitivity on this issue. So Mark, my executive producer, had a couple of questions he asked uh, me to ask, and I said, you can ask them uh, of our great guest yourself. So Mark, uh, please uh, fire away. Yes, good afternoon, Dan, and thanks for joining us. We previously were fortunate enough to have your uh, colleague Paul Helmke on a bunch, and, and you guys are terrific. So thanks for coming on to the show, first of all. And uh, second Good of to all, be here, Mark. the uh, the question I had, and Leslie kind of alluded to it, you know, mentioning UK. Um, if you're looking at the other developed nations, President Obama had mentioned that after the Charleston shooting, and you heard a lot of pushback, I'm sure, from you know the right wing. They have all their talking points, but isn't it a fact when you look at our country and the gun violence that we have versus other developed nations around the world? Not only are we much more likely to face gun violence here, but the numbers and the difference is, is staggering. It, it, it is staggering. Um, we have uh, more gun deaths in our country than the rest of the civilized world combined. And um, But, you know, it, it's also important that we don't let any personal or philosophical feelings we have um, about guns and I respect on both sides of that debate um, where people are coming from. You know, there are parents who their parents took them hunting and they're taking their kids hunting. And, you know, it's part of uh, it, it's part of our culture, which is uh, pretty different than it is in, in, in a lot of other countries. And I, I, there's nothing that the gun lobby would lo- like more than we get kind of lost in a in a debate that's driven by our philosophical or political opinions about guns, which is why we just stay true to where our very clear common ground exists. You know, 84 percent of gun owners support background checks, 74 percent of NRA members support background checks. And that's because they are inarguable, because they're only about keeping guns out of the hands of the people that we all agree shouldn't have them. So I would, on um, you know, especially on the side of people who may have um, negative feelings about guns, to put those feelings aside and, you know, realize how many lives we can save, how many tragedies we can prevent just by keeping guns out of the hands of the people that we agree shouldn't have them. You know, one thing I like to say is, um, you know, this issue isn't about keeping certain guns away from all people. It's about keeping all guns away from certain people. And we all. I'm, I'm going to steal that, Dan. Yeah, I, I stop. I already did. I'm like writing it down. We're going to steal I that. Love that. We love that. Um, I'll ask you one other quick question. Um, You're welcome to do it. How do you, how do you think uh, we can break? And I know you guys are working great on this. How do we? How can we break the stranglehold that the NRA seems to have over Congress? Because you just pointed to the American people feel much different than the Congress has been acting on this issue of background checks. Yeah. Yeah, first of all, I want to make it clear to your listeners and to everybody who feels so passionately about this, who's so inclined to feel a sense of hopelessness, it took six votes over seven years to pass the original Brady Bill. Um, And we are so on the right path right now. We came so close with the Manchin-Toomey Bill. We really are in the middle of a tipping point where because of social media, because of the activism that's happening across this country, we really are starting to expose what's going on here in terms of 
these lapdog politicians who are doing the bidding of the corporate gun lobby uh, at the expense of the American public. Um, we have to stay at it. And if it does, if it's still, if this one takes six votes over seven years, it will have been worth it. And I think it's going to happen even more quickly. The other exciting thing that's happening is state by state. Um, where since the, that vote, that Manchin-Toomey vote, that first vote on background checks, um, we've had, and the tragedy of Sandy Hook, we've had six states vote to expand Brady background checks to all gun sales. Um, those states I talked about before, how much safer they are, 46% fewer women killed by intimate partners, um, 48% fewer law enforcement officers killed with guns. Um, but it's also, it's progress marriage equality style because it's momentum and ultimate. And there's seven, 16 more states now because we just passed background checks in Oregon that have the ballot initiative process, which is a sure winner for us because of the overwhelming public support. And we're going to continue to go state by state. We're already on the ballot next year in Nevada and continue our march across the country until Congress, who typically are the last ones to wake up, um, finally do, because they know it's, it's, it's completely clear that the American public knows what's going on here. Uh, can you tell folks where they need to go to uh, get involved with this petition, uh, hashtag I am Charleston, and to demand a vote from their congressional member now? Yep, BradyCampaign.org. Um, or go to our go to the Brady campaign on Facebook. Um, you can um, follow me on Twitter at Dan underscore at the the word at underscore Brady. Um, and um, you know we 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 pride on pride ourselves on giving people actions that they can take in support of our three campaigns. Finish the job on background checks. Stop bad apple gun dealers the small number of gun dealers that are selling almost all the crime guns in our country and starting a new conversation about the dangers of guns in the home. And, um, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put you to work to spread that message for sure, and you can start by signing that petition. Uh, thank you for being with us. Awesome guest and awesome work that you do, Dan. Dan Gross is president of the Brady Campaign and Center to Prevent Gun Violence, one of the foremost leaders in the gun violence prevention movement, knows his stuff, passionate about it, as you heard. We're going to take a break, and while we're in that break, follow him on Twitter, like he said, at Dan at Brady, excuse me, at Dan underscore at underscore Brady on Twitter. Follow Brady at Brady Buzz, and the website for that campaign for you to get involved is BradyCampaign.org. Or you can uh, get online with Twitter and get involved in the conversation. Hashtag I am Charleston. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that under-deliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.